Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We are once again live down here in the Bear Cave Studios for another episode of the Sports Frenzy Podcast, sold out. With me, your host, Freddy Eloso, and with my co-host, Anthony the Encyclopedia. What's going on, Anthony? What's going on, Eloso? And gentlemen, or gentleman, Andrade was moved back to SmackDown because Fox wanted the Latino market covered. It had nothing to do with him banging Charlotte. Did I go there? Yeah, man, that was that was quite the conundrum that they put themselves in by moving him, leaving Charlotte on SmackDown, and then all of a sudden you hear he's getting moved back. I I don't know about you, but I saw that coming. I knew. For some reason, she was either going to pull her political pull that she has with her dad and Triple H and get him moved back over to uh, SmackDown. Yeah, I guess the queen really does get her way all the time, huh? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. It's just amazing, this this superstar shakeup. And we know it's been a couple weeks, folks. Uh, we had some scheduling conf- uh, conflicts, but we're back. And it actually worked out because turns out the way the shakeout ended as of SmackDown last week was not the way it stayed. So uh, we, we didn't waste time talking about the final results of the shakeup. I mean, who knows? There still might be changes going on. Officially, I don't think Nikki Cross has been put on a show yet. Let's take a look at the results and cover who went where, shall we? Let's do it. All right. So on SmackDown Live, we now have the big dog, Roman Reigns. The Intercontinental Champion, Finn Balor. We have the biggest acquisition in SmackDown history, Elias. We have Bailey, Ember Moon, Kyrie Sane, Lars Sullivan, Buddy Murphy, Liv Morgan, Chad Gable, Apollo Crews, Mickey James, and Heavy Machinery. And then on the Raw side, we now have AJ Styles, The Miz, Ricochet. The website still says Aleister Black, but that is not the case. Eric and Ivar, who are now known as... The Viking Experience, right? They've been renamed to the Viking Raiders. The War Raiders. No, no, Viking Raiders. Viking Raiders, that's that's the one that they finally stuck with. Or the Berserkers. No, that was rumored. No, they went with Viking Raiders. Thank God it wasn't the Berserkers, but uh, Viking Experience was terrible too. So, yeah, right now they're be- we believe they're being called the Viking Raiders. We'll see what they change it to next week. Yeah, see, this has not been updated, at least the final article, because we have Aleister Black, Andrade, and Zelina Vega still listed as Raw. We know they're on SmackDown now. Um, on Raw, we now have Rey Mysterio, The Usos, Naomi, EC3, Lacey Evans, Eric Young, and Cedric Alexander. Now, on the SmackDown side, we have confirmed Andrade, Zelina Vega, and Aleister Black have all been moved over so that Charlotte doesn't lose her hookup. And Cesaro was then moved to Raw, as well as the United States champion, Samoa Joe. So have you all kept up with that? Samoa Joe was supposed to be moved earlier, but he was sick, something like that, right? And he couldn't make the show that Monday, so they then postponed it for a week. Which is interesting, because there were certain people, such as Eric Young, that got moved on to Raw, and there was like just a graphic shown, and surprise, surprise, he hasn't been shown yet. And a couple interesting things I noticed coming out of this. Uh, first off, yeah, there was the talk about couples being broken up. 
Um, the big one, and I'm just going to call bullshit on this to everybody that brought it up, was the fact that, first off, we don't know if Buddy Murphy and Alexa Bliss are still together, but everyone was like, oh, they put Buddy Murphy on SmackDown while Alexa Bliss is on Raw. How could they do that to them? Blah, blah, blah. Well, folks, you need to wake up. 205 Live was being taped on the same night as SmackDown anyway, so they haven't been on the same show for years. Yeah. Really? Exactly. So I don't get that. The other thing is... It seemed like they were starting to really build up the tag team division before the shakeup. And now we've seen at least, we've actually seen team that the only team that I can recall that got three tag team title shots in a week for all three major titles, Ricochet and Aleister Black, split up. We have Bobby Roode and Chad Gable split up, former tag team champions. You have the first ever... WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, the Boston Hug Connection, we're assuming split up, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. And then you have the former champions who ended the longest reigning tag team championship reign of all time that the New Day had. You have the bar also split up. Additionally, we split up the Riot Squad. We split up Sanity. I just don't understand what they what they were doing. I didn't feel like their story had come to a conclusion. At a minimum, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, yeah, that could have been done a while ago. I'm not denying that. The Boston Hug Connection, there's an argument that they should have feuded a long time ago, and then maybe they could have gotten to this tag team. I mean, there was hints of them feuding up to a year ago, and that never happened. But um, I'm sorry. And let me let me call him by his proper name now. It is Robert Roode. Robert Roode, a.k.a. Rick Roode. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I'm digging it. I think... I think Robert Roode is uh, Bobby Roode, whatever you want to call him. I think he's a better heel than he is a face. So I agree. I'm happy with the move. I was surprised they had him defeat Ricochet this week. But uh, let's see what happens. The only thing I thought was interesting about that is there were hints that he was going to turn on Gable, and at least maybe we could have gotten a one-off match, and that's definitely not going to happen. And Chad Gable's already been relegated to beatdown duty, we'll say. He's Santino Morella over... Uh... He's not the comedic act, but he's getting the beatdowns that Santino used to get. Yeah, I, I'd like to see what they do with Cesaro. He's been a Cesaro fan for several years, and I'm a little concerned that he's going to get lost in the shuffle. But time will tell there. Yeah. What do you what do you think of the current? I, I know we we have um, the big dog, we have Shane, and we have uh, Elias in their current current storyline over on SmackDown. It seems very reminiscent to me of The Rock, Vince, and Austin. It has that feel to it, to me, like a corporate ministry-esque type solution that's going on right now against Roman, a la Austin and Vince and Rock back in the day. Do you feel like they're kind of recycling that storyline or something along those lines in what they're doing right now? I think they're recycling a lot of storylines. Uh, what I think is missing, um, we didn't seem to really finish off that feud between The Miz and Shane, so is The Miz still going to get involved? It might be a case where, where we might not get Roman Reigns versus Elias at Money in the Bank, which was announced on this week's SmackDown. I'm wondering if we're going to get a tag team match with Roman Reigns and The Miz against Shane and Elias because you can't really have Miz face Shane again without some sort of issue with Roman Reigns. 
I don't know that we're going to get like a a corporation or a corporate ministry thing. Um, another thing that I heard, which I thought was fucking hilarious, was a rumor that they're considering putting the WWE Championship on Shane McMahon by the end of this year. I did hear that as well. Very Vince-esque 90s, late 90s um, storyline that they did. I, I, You know what? At least Shane has his moments in the ring, unlike Vince, who can't seem to do anything. I mean, not that Sh- Shane's Shane's a spot monkey. Let, let's be honest here. His punches are still terrible. You would think a guy that trained with MMA and trained with a coach as big in the MMA world as Phil Nurse would actually know how to throw a decent punch. But um, I actually think part of it is that Shane can, but Shane holds back because he's afraid to hurt people. But all that being said, I feel like they have to close the gap with that Shane Miz storyline, and they've kind of left that open-ended, so which, would Miz get involved in this? I think time will tell. Um, I'm not usually one for throwing tag team matches on uh, and having the cross crossover like that, um, especially on a pay-per-view. I mean, to set up a pay-per-view, maybe. Uh, the tag team main events like that, I think a more thing that we saw in the 90s, like at In Your House International Incident, where we had Camp Cornette against Ahmed Johnson, Sid, and Shawn Michaels, like, back then. It, 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 it kind of feels a little bit like something like that if they went that route. But at least it would kind of give some sort of closure to it because it kind of like you had Miz get a quick beatdown on Shane on that Raw, the first night of the Superstar Shake-Up, and then what, nothing came of that. Is Shane going to continue appearing on Raw? I, I, I wonder because I feel like now SmackDown's where he, he they're going to keep him. Yeah, there's still a lot of question marks. Oh, for sure. And then, do you think this move back to SmackDown hinders Andrade Cien Almas because he got moved to Raw? He was, I don't know what plans they had for him there, but now you move him back to SmackDown where he was, and it's kind of where does he fit in with everybody? And then does everybody look at him a, a different way in the back now that? His fiance is the one who's got the pull in that relationship. I think Andrade should be getting at least some sort of upper mid-card push or opportunity on his own without Charlotte's influence. I suspect that that he still might not necessarily get that move up that we were hoping for. Um, I think going back to SmackDown ultimately, that's a tough one. Him... At least him being on the same show as Finn Balor, maybe there's a chance he would win the Intercontinental Championship. But honestly, I feel like anyone that's challenging for any of the titles right now, especially after all the major title wins uh, and changes we saw at WrestleMania, I feel like any challenger right now is not going to win those belts. Even with the double duty that Becky Lynch is going to be pulling at Money in the Bank, I just don't see it. I suspect that they might be having her win both matches just to kind of put her over strong. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of question marks. I was shocked to see AJ Styles was is now the number one contender for the Universal Championship. I really thought when they announced those triple threat matches, the first thing I said is, okay, McIntyre is going to be the number one contender, which had been rumored. So I was a little surprised that they went the route they did. I feel like an AJ Styles-Seth Rollins match should not be reserved for a Money in the Bank uh, undercard match. I think it really should be something like at a big event, like a SummerSlam or a WrestleMania or one of. The, even if you you can't really do it at Survivor Series, but maybe the Royal Rumble. Well, even that. I feel like it's, it's definitely a WrestleMania or SummerSlam match. That's 
so I'm a little surprised that they're going this way. But it's almost like when they did Roman Reigns versus John Cena at the No Mercy event years ago. Right. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting the way these storylines start to pan out because now you're gonna have um, you're gonna have KO and Kofi. Now, do they go to the original storyline of what they were gonna do before um, when KO first came back, where they wanted to put the belt on him against Daniel Bryan at Mania, and then Kofi's big resurgent uh, fan appreciation came about and they wanted to put the belt on him. Do you have him lose it this quickly against KO at money in the bank? Or do you let him have it one more pay-per-view and then KO somehow gets it after that? Well, first off, I'm going to say that he'll turn. I marked the fuck out because KO as a face, just the way they were doing it didn't work for me. If he's going to be a face, it's he still has to have that edge, kind of like Austin did back in the day. I mean, not he shouldn't be Austin 2.0. I mean, we already got that with Becky Lynch in some respects. But I feel like Kevin Owen could still be a face with that edge, the, uh, not change his character too much. So the goofiness that he was doing, I know that there's been footage and photos of him leaked out from years ago when he was doing stunts with the young bucks and what have you and that's fine um but i think he he makes a much better heel i think they needed that heel and i was really happy to see that now that being said and i think it's pretty clear i'm a huge ko fan i'm going to say that i think there's question marks on all the world champions coming out of wrestlemania i know kofi had the highest decibel level it was reported on WrestleMania and on Raw the next night of the entire weekend. But I think what they're going to look at is the rate, are the ratings going up when he's on the show? Are they staying stagnant? Are they going down? And I'd be curious to see how his merchandise sales are going because we could all be cheering and going crazy all we want, but if we're not putting the money into the machine to support a guy like Kofi Kingston, are they going to keep that machine behind him i'm not so sure if i'm booking as much as i like ko and he is my favorite on that main roster right now i would not have him win the belt just yet i say that maybe you extend this feud out for a few months maybe you have kofi win at money in the bank or maybe he maybe ko gets himself disqualified maybe if you don't want it to necessarily be a clean uh clean win for kofi I would skip over Backlash, uh, maybe, because the other thing is we don't know how long Daniel Bryan's going to be out, and I feel like there's still some unfinished business there they could do. Maybe you do a triple threat at Backlash where Daniel Bryan and Kofi, uh, Kofi Kingston and KO are in the ring together, and then you blow off the KO feud at Extreme Rules. So I would give Kofi at least till the early summer, maybe give it till July. Um, I wouldn't go beyond SummerSlam on that if I was booking. Um, I'm, I'm not a huge Kofi fan. I still, even watching SmackDown this week and his match with Shinsuke Nakamura, I felt like, yeah, Shinsuke, who I really feel like has that main event quality, can be a main eventer. I just felt like it was like Kofi still has the upper mid-carder. That's just my opinion. I know I'm probably, I'm in the minority there, and I'm totally okay with that. I don't want to see it be a quick transitional thing with him. I think they should at least give him a shot. They've They've already gone that route by giving him the opportunity and changing their WrestleMania plans. So why why turn it around this quickly? Right. Why blow it up so early? Yeah. 
And it's the same. It's the same thing with Seth Rollins. I don't think AJ Styles is winning that match, and I AJ Styles can take that loss. Mm-hmm. I'm totally. I'm okay with that. I'm not thrilled because I'm a bigger AJ Styles fan than Seth Rollins fan, but Seth beat Brock Lesnar. He beat the Beast, a guy that they had made look indestructible for several years with the exception of Goldberg. And then, I mean, if you think about it, with the exception of the Goldberg run, who was the last one that really beat Brock clean? It was Triple H six years ago. Eddie Guerrero, wasn't it? If you want to go back that far, but uh, in, in, in since he came back, just going based on that, Cena beat him in his first match back, and then the only other losses he really had was Triple H six years ago, and then Goldberg two years ago. Yeah, so he's had a run. You don't put the belt on Seth, even if I think uh, in the build up to WrestleMania he kind of lost some of that sizzle that was there when he was hot really over the summer and into the fall. I don't think you take the belt off Seth that quickly, which is another reason why I was a little surprised that they went with AJ. And maybe they went that route because they know AJ can take that loss and it won't hurt him too much, where Drew McIntyre, how many times are you going to have the guy lose before people start thinking, all right, this guy's not a main eventer? That would kill uh, McIntyre. I think that would you would have to restart him from square one if you wind up pulling him. You pull, him, you pull that right away now. You know, like that would just destroy his push or whatever they had behind him. Now, something interesting that popped up on Raw that I wanted to get your, um, your thoughts on. I, I sent it out in our group chat earlier this week, the return of Bray Wyatt as creepy as shit. Mr. Rogers built Mr. Rogers. Cause he looked like he, he shredded up a little bit and he looks like he's more in shape than he was before. So that's nice to see. But um, what do you think of this storyline? Do you think they're going to keep it where he's like a super creepy TV show host coming in? What, what do you think of, of that character, the new spin on Bray Wyatt? I'm intrigued. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was not expecting him to come back that way. Um, I don't think anybody was, especially with the segments leading up to it. I mean, I felt like... I was watching a horror movie, especially that second promo with the doll with light up eyes. Yeah. I was legit freaked out. I was like, holy fuck, what the hell's going on? And I figured it was Bray coming back as a dark character. And I think there's still going to be some darkness there. I think it's really going to be where he's trying to play off that he's the uh, family friendly guy, but with that dark purpose underneath. Mm hmm. Uh, I think they've already hinted at that. Uh, it should be interesting. Uh, I'd be curious to see how the fans in the arena racks to it. I mean, from what I'm reading online, it sounds like that it's getting mixed feelings right now, uh, which which is fine. I think it's, uh, once he gets out in front of the crowd, I think we'll really be able to tell what people think of it. But if there's anybody that could pull it off, it was definitely him. It's especially <laughs> he's sitting there with the sweater and he's cutting his promo and you can see the tattoos and everything. And I'm just <laughs> like... I'm like, this is just so bizarre, but especially uh, I read my favorite thing I read with fan reaction was some guy said, thanks. Thanks, Bray. My kid now wants a chainsaw after seeing your promo. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Now, do you put, do you give him a faction? Because you've got some people that you could throw with him. Um, The guys who just came out of sanity. What is it? Uh, Killian Dane. Isn't he over on Raw now? You can give him uh, Nikki Cross. Well, 
Killian Dane's actually still on SmackDown. Um, it's interesting you mentioned Killian Dane and Nikki Cross since they're they're together, man and wife. But um, I I know faction wise it's definitely obviously not going to be Luke Harper because he's asked for his release and it definitely won't be Eric Rowan. So yeah, maybe maybe they split up Sanity so that Killian Dane, uh, maybe Nick Acro- Nikki Cross could be his new lackeys. That w- that would be interesting. I believe um. Third, the third guy, Alexander Wolf. I think he's being sent over to NXT UK, which I thought of, of the group. He was he had the least potential, so maybe they'll kind of give him a chance to build him over there. Yeah, yeah, build him up over there, hone his craft. I just actually looked online and saw there was a trip. There's some sort of triple threat match between Nikki Cross, Bianca Belair, and NXT UK Women's Champion Tony Storm, which I was like, that's interesting. I think that was taped at Access at. The when they were doing their when worlds collide taping, but uh, there's a lot of opportunity. I mean, if somebody's not getting over on the main roster, let's send them back to NXT and let them pry their craft there. I mean, even if you got some of these guys and gals that are not making it on the main roster, and they're if they're over at NXT, do they really is moving them up to the main roster? I know that's the ultimate goal, but is it really? that big a deal to keep them on NXT if that's where they're getting over the most? And I think that's we're seeing a lot of that. You got people getting over in NXT, and it's a smaller audience, and it tends to cater to the to the fans that want that want true wrestling. Um, they want simple stories that make sense, uh, and I feel like they try to do that with SmackDown and Raw a little bit too much nowadays, where the shows um, they get a little dull. I know a lot of us, myself included, thought that the storylines were overcomplicated, and and now they've simplified them, and I've enjoyed the shows more in some respects but the problem is when you have two or three hours you end up with a lot of dead time as well not that you weren't getting that before but in giving us what they want i think the length of the shows kind and the way things are going you can't give us just straight wrestling matches all the time and keep the interest and i think it's unfortunate i mean like i said i enjoyed robert rude versus ricochet the other night i mean yeah robert rude's not a guy that's gonna blow you away in the ring but it was fun but there was no build-up to it uh, there was very little. I mean, and I think I think time will tell whether they stick with this format. I, I enjoy it better than what they were doing in the past, but I don't know that it's really getting over with everybody out there. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with it. And also, there there's a new trend going on in the WWE. It seems you throw a temper tantrum backstage. Ask for a release, ask to get um, fired or threatened to quit, and then you get a push. This seems to be the trend right now because of the imminent threat that is AEW. I think WWE is calling Sasha's bluff with her. Um, you know what? I'm I'm gonna leave. I don't want to do this. You guys promised me this, and now it's not coming through. And I'm gonna stop my feet and take my ball and go home. Do you think they're gonna give in to her, or they're gonna prove a point with her? I don't think they sh- they're gonna give in to her. I wouldn't if I was a promoter, especially in her case. I mean, look, you got your Luke Harper. Uh, we have the former Ty Dillinger. Uh, there's guys that have been getting released that have requested their release, and they've They've agreed to it. Uh, Dustin Runnels was another one. And I know we're going to talk about that before we wrap up here. But those guys weren't moving the needle, in my opinion. I feel like Sasha has that potential to do that. Yeah. 
I don't think they should release her. I wouldn't if I were them. I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to basically call her bluff on this one and basically let her know, well, here, you could sit out to the end of your contract. And don't forget, the other thing that I read online, and I don't know if they could legally do this because it's not injury-related and they're giving her this time to think things through, but there's some that theories that the time she's spending off that they could extend her contract by that length. And I think it really depends on the wording of the contract. I thought that was more based on injury. Yeah. I, I, I would like to see how it's worded because if it's worded as to, you know, not so many words like hissy fit, like just because you don't want to work or you're mad at your position, you can't just sit out and say, well, I'm not going to work until you guys do this. Like that's not how a contract works. If I'm them, I'm bringing her back. Keep her as the face. If you want him, I think the problem is they've moved Bailey to SmackDown already, and we're assuming Sasha's still on Raw, so that's a problem. But if I were them, I would say to her, look, we understand you're not happy with the with the way we've used you. We understand you're not happy with the tag team belts getting taken off you. I mean, I was stunned by that. I know Stevie G picked that correctly. Mm-hmm. And not that I'm totally have a problem with the Iconics. I think they're not as smooth or as crisp in the ring as the other teams that were in that match. And that's saying something when Tamina and... Well, Tamina's decent enough, but when Nia Jax, uh, the Green Wonder, is was in the match, and I feel like she's more credible than the Peyton and Billy Kay. And it's actually, actually, it's Billy Kay I have the issue with. I think Peyton's fine enough. But uh, it's... Sasha, I think, plays better as a heel in the singles division. If I were them, I would say, okay, look, this we understand your frustration, so here's what we're going to do. You seem to be most over in NXT as a heel, as a complete badass that everybody hated you so much that there was chance of Sasha's ratchet all the time when she was in the ring. If I'm them, bottom line... Put put Sasha as a heel, mm-hmm. and let's let's run with it. Let's see what happens. Because you could have her feud with Becky Lynch on the Raw side, and it'll be much more believable than uh, someone like Lacey Evans, who really just started and I felt like didn't really do much in NXT f- for them to think that she's ready for the spot she's in. And not that Lacey can't step up to the occasion. I think so far she's been pretty impressive considering, and I hate admitting that because I really don't like her at all. But... <laughs> But you, you got to think on the raw side, especially Becky's not losing the belt that quickly. So you got to have some challengers in there for her, and you're going to need some heel challengers. And Sasha Banks would fit that bill. Yeah, I agree. I don't see I don't see Becky losing it at least until Survivor Series, maybe Rumble. Do you keep both belts on her that whole time though? I I think she's going to have to drop one of them. I'd say by SummerSlam at the latest. I don't think this. Two belts then could go on there. I think I think the SmackDown one will be the one that she drops, and the Raw the Raw one will be the one that she keeps. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. I just I don't think it should be just yet. Yeah, not to Charlotte. Keep the the Becky two belts for a while, probably until SummerSlam, maybe so, somewhere somewhere big, and then you have her drop it then. So, do you think Sasha ends up coming back? Because I, I, I just don't see them releasing her and letting her show up in AEW. I just think she's too big of a name for that. But what, what do you think? Yeah, I think I think they'll keep her around. I think they'll prove a point with her to the point where it's either you, you sit 
And then when you come back, that's when your contract gets back reinstated. And then once your contract's done, you go wherever you want after your 90-day no-compete after your contract's done. So I, I see them being petty here and proving a point because it's starting to get out of control with the roster and everybody. Because if, if you give in to her and you set this president, everybody's going to do it. And that's just it. That was one of the things I was talking to my friend about. Uh, he was saying, yeah, let her go. They should release her, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you can't. Se-. And he was talking about setting a president. And I said, yeah, but you're going to set a president that anytime somebody cries bitches and moans, that they're just going to release them and shut them up. And the thing is, if they keep doing that, anybody that's unhappy is going to be not think they could get away with that. And I think they they got to put their foot down at some point and get these people. And this doesn't go just with rustling. This goes with all professional sports. I was just going to say that because it's been happening in the NFL 100%. You you took the thought from my mind 100%. Yeah, the NFL is a prime example. Um, l- 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 professional soccer in general, it doesn't matter what league you're playing in, in Europe or in the U.S. or Mexico for that matter. Let's throw a fit and let's say oh, I don't want to be out with this team, get our agent talking, and we're going to get moved. Yeah, 100%. You get these diva athletes that think that they can just do whatever they want. They're going to get pissed off and talk to the media, say, I want to go, and the team's going to move you. you got that prime example going on right now in, in Denver with Chris Harris where he got pissed off in a contract negotiation with the Broncos. and Now he wants to either be moved or he wants a raise. Yeah, and I, I mean, being a big soccer fan, I mean, I, I, for those of you that haven't – don't recall, I'm a Red Bull season ticket holder. There's a guy named Kaku who, over the winter break, all of a sudden, after one year and after the Red Bulls pulled all these strings, traded away some of their their top players to bring this guy on. After one season, he's got his agent talking smack for him, trying to get him traded or transferred over to Club Mex- uh, Club America in Mexico. And he had his agent comparing the situation with the Red Bulls to, like, I believe it was Nazi Germany he used as a reference and Martin Luther King. And then and then there's been a big question. Uh, a couple weeks ago, a game in Kansas City, balls on the sideline, out of bounds. And in frustration, he ran over and kicked the ball. Forgot where he was, I'm assuming, because the ball went sailing into the stands and actually hit a fan who actually uh, drew blood. He got red carded. He sat out his last game, and MLS just today extended his suspension by another two games, so it's three games, which I think he got off easy. We got Paul Pogba in Manchester United, who has been drawing hints that he wants to go play for Real Madrid. And I'll be honest, after Man United lost the Manchester Derby today, they definitely, in my opinion, don't have a hope in hell of qualifying for the Champions League next year. And if they don't beat Chelsea this Sunday, they're going to probably blow their shot at even making the Europa League. And I could see him really amping it up at that point, pushing for a transfer, because there's not going to be any tournament soccer outside of domestic tournaments that Manchester United will be involved in. And it's like, if you sign the contract, under the contract, I'm so sick and tired of this. I, I get that people should be able to live their lives as best they can and do what they want, but that's a pipe dream. Not everyone gets that opportunity, and especially if you signed a contract. Live up to your damn contract. Yeah, 100%. In all, any sport, wherever you're at, your company, whatever you do, you stick to your contract, keep with it, 
and just honor it because if not, you're you're basically spitting on what you signed. If that makes any sense at all. Speaking of, you know, you mentioned Dustin Runnels before, aka Goldust, aka Dustin Rhodes. He has now moved along, hence retired Goldust, and now he will be joining his brother, it seems like, in AEW, and they will be having their match come, what is it, uh, All or Nothing? Uh, Double or Nothing, yeah. Um, Which, actually, there was an interview with Billy Gunn in the last week where he said he's not sure that Dustin's a full-time member of AEW. He thinks right now it's just a one-off, but... I've been talking to people and I've been reading online. People are excited about this, and I'm just like, why? This yeah, is. We've had it before. Yeah, it's been done before. I don't understand the excitement here. And I mean, not that Dustin Reynolds can't still go in the ring, but this was a match that we saw happen already uh, in WWE. And it, it almost feels like when Ric Flair and Hogan feuded in WCW in the mid 90s after WWE dropped the ball in 92 and didn't run that at WrestleMania. And then on top of WCW running that to death, then Hogan and Flair ended up back in the WWE. And on a random Raw in 2002, they ran that match. And it was like, okay, this is 10 years too late already. And I feel like that's the case here. I know I'm probably in the minority saying that as well. Um, Cody is a very good wrestler in the ring. Um, He's not somebody that I'm like, oh, I got to see his matches. And considering a show as big as this, when I heard Dustin Reynolds, I was like, really? This would be then the third time they run this because they did it once when he was with, uh, was it legacy? Right. I believe when it was Cody, um, Randy Orton and, uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. They ran it where it was Goldust and Cody. And then they ran it when it was Stardust and Goldust. And then now you're running it again here. How many times are you going to run this back? Like I, I get the fans are like, Oh my God, I can't wait to see this match, but I'm like, well, we've seen it three, you know, twice already. What do you guys want? Like, it's it's the same recycled thing all over again. I get that it's it's new and it's an AEW. So what? In my opinion, it's it's the same thing. It doesn't it doesn't move the needle for me. I'm not gonna be like, oh yeah, I want to see this match. That's a bathroom break for me. In all honesty. Yeah, I I don't know. I just, I don't understand the excitement here. I actually feel like Double or Nothing is not a must-see show. I'm actually kind of disappointed with some of these matches. I mean, we've seen Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho a few times already as well. Mm-hmm. And I believe the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers have faced off on the indie scene recently. So it, it seems like it's a night of rematches. And I'm just like, well... I'm not as excited, and I don't care, and I guess I'm not going to be ordering this one. Um, not, gonna, not to say that I won't try to watch it after the fact. Um, there's a possibility I will. I'm just, I don't see what all the excitement is. Yeah, it's it's not moving the needle for me on this one, so I guess we'll we'll wait and see what happens after the uh, after the show. And then uh, on a side note, speaking of non WWE, CM Punk in a mask appeared at an indie show in the last week or so and he helped one of his friends to a victory and i'm oh i'm bringing this up because i'm wondering what was the point of the mask and the whole cover-up 
if that's the route they went, if there's going to be no payoff. And I'm actually wondering if it has to do with the fact that uh, it was reported actually today that CM Punk is actually still under contract to UFC. And I wonder if that was a way of getting around that contract uh, and because maybe he thinks the UFC wouldn't approve of it. I don't know why the UFC would care because they're not going to put him in the octagon ever again. But Kind of how, uh, what was it, Paige did with Alberto Del Rio in uh, Impact when she would sit ringside with a mask on. You're like, oh, everyone knows it's Paige, but she has a mask on, so it's not Paige. And then with Punk, what's the payoff? Is he coming back to wrestling? Is he not coming back to wrestling? Is he, you know, messing with the fans? What What's the deal? I just think he did it as a one-off. He does it for fun and to keep himself in the spotlight. Because let's be honest, what is he really doing now that anybody gives a crap about? Um, this horror movie that he worked on, I'm, I'm curious to see how that how that takes off. I know it's an indie film. Uh, King of the Indies, CM Punk. It's a DVD release on that one. Is it? Wouldn't wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, let's let's see what the story is there. Um, oh, it's called Girl on the Third Floor, and he's playing the lead on that. And supposedly, supposedly, it actually got a release March 10th, which I find interesting because I don't know where the hell that shit was playing. <laughs> yeah, there you go. What was it? One of those uh, one-time one, one movie theater deals? South by Southwest. Oh, okay. It, it, it played at South by Southwest. That's what it was. But um, yeah, doesn't look like it's got an official release date yet. So, King of the Indies, he keeps it going. <laughs> there he goes. Just just like before his WWE run, about fifteen people in a high school gym saw it. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, well, and speaking speaking of uh, TV wrestling crossover, way to go on the upteenth time that we had the last time ever for The Shield. Going up against Game of Thrones. <laughs> My hat's off to you, Vince. You really have you really have your thumb on the pulse. Yeah, great job. Great job, Art. Yeah, I don't know anybody that watched it. I definitely didn't watch it. I was glued to Game of Thrones, as I will this this week for that 83-minute 80, episode, 86 around there. Yeah, this Sunday. So uh, for those of you Game of Thrones fans, no more one-hour episodes. We're going to over 80 minutes this week, and the remainder will be between 70 and 80 for the following three episodes after that. So your choice this past Sunday was the last time ever for The Shield or... To see Arya lose her virginity, which I gotta admit was kind of creepy since we've been watching her on that show since she was like 13 as an yeah. actress and 11 on the show. Is, yeah. Creepy. And did you see Sophie Turner's Instagram? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just like, damn, that girl went there. Holy crap. Well played. Well played, Sophie Turner. But I believe that's it for us tonight. Anthony, unless you've got anything else for the Sports Frenzy Universe? Nope, I think we've covered everything here. It should be interesting the next couple weeks. We'll know more of the Money in the Bank participants next week when we have our Moment of Bliss on Monday. And I'm sure more of that card will be taking up over the next few weeks. We'll have a lot to talk about. Definitely, man. I look forward to the upcoming weeks and what we get, who we get as the Money in the Bank briefcase holders. So, 
we got an interesting couple weeks. Hopefully we get Stevie G back on the episode next week. We have a full crew. And uh, we will catch you guys next week. Peace.